Welcome to the Sales Development Podcast, your trusted resource for the latest strategies, tactics, and tips on running a high-performance sales development program. Sales development has grown to become a critical part of the success of high-growth companies, and we dive in each week on how to specifically make your program successful and accelerate your career advancement. Subscribe at iTunes, YouTube, and jump on the newsletter over at 10pound.com to make sure you never miss an episode. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I'm your host, David Delaney. I am joined today by an awesome guest, Mr. Brandon Fong, who is going to go through an amazing connection method that you can use today to increase your effectiveness. Brandon Fong, digital marketer, entrepreneur, author of two books, one available on Amazon right now called Leverage, and one called The Magic Connection Method that we're going to dive into today and a guacamole addict. So I, I want to dive into that as well, because that sounds really great. Mr. Oh, you thought Brandon we were talking Fong? about sales today? <laughs> no, we were going to talk want, about guacamole the whole episode. I want to crush some, uh, some avocados. Brandon, thanks for jumping on, man. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I mean, you've done so much. I mean, looking at your background, and we'll throw your LinkedIn in the comments so people can connect you. Brandon, how did you come to you know become an expert in digital marketing and an author all these things. Tell us about your background and, and how you came to this position. Yeah, of course. So I always like telling my story starting at Wisconsin Hills Middle School. So if a video, I would show you the little dorky picture of sixth grade Brandon. So I don't have that available as the listeners. But so what would happen every single day is I remember very specifically the lunch bell would ring at 1133 a.m. And I remember that time because I hated it so much. Because if you guys can remember when you were in middle school, the bell ring and like all the obnoxious sixth graders or seventh graders or whatever it is would flood into the hallway. And if you look closely, you'd see that little nerdy Brandon hanging out behind everybody else taking his sweet time to go to lunch. <laughs> and you may be wondering why the heck would any sixth grader ever want to procrastinate on going to lunch? And the reason why is because when I would go through the lunch checkout line, I would you know, have my plastic tray, if you remember, with the curly fries and the chicken nuggets or whatever was on sale for the day. And I would put the plastic tray down next to the lunch lady. I would type in my student ID. And then up on the screen, it would pop the words, Brandon Fong, $0.00. And zero cents. And the reason why it showed that is because I grew up on that free lunch program at school because my family needed some help. And I was just super embarrassed. You know, like I would try to distract my friends. Some days, if the conditions were set up for it, I would hide out in the bathroom a little bit just to delay a little bit so I could go in the, the line by myself. And back then, I was super frustrated because I felt like my parents or my family didn't have the resources. But what my parents taught me and what Tony Robbins teaches a lot is that it's not about resources. If you want to be successful, it's much more important to focus on learning how to be resourceful. And so the number one thing that my parents taught me from a very early age was the power of connection. And that's the number one way if you want to succeed. I always believe that you're just one connection away. So incredibly blessed for my parents. They would let me skip school when I was 16 to go to local networking events. And I would literally network with people that were four times my age. And so if you fast forward five years, it was my senior year of college. I was still kind of, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I wasn't quite ready to go off 100% on my own. And I decided to use the connection skills that I developed throughout all those years. And I kind of made a little David versus Goliath move. <laughs> I found an entrepreneur that I really respected. His name is Jonathan Levy. He had over 100,000 students in his online courses at the time. 
1.5 million downloads on his podcast, a TEDx talk. And you know, like who was I, some college student just reaching out to him, but I decided to give it a shot. And that turned into that one email I sent him completely transformed my life. And it turned into a period of three years where I got to work with his company running the marketing. And during my time on the team, I helped increase the enrollments by over 100,000 students, added 1.5 million downloads to the podcast while I was there and a whole bunch of other crazy stuff. And on top of that, Jonathan got into a mastermind called Genius Network, which is a really, really high end mastermind for entrepreneurs. You need to be making at least seven figures per year to attend. It costs $25,000. And so Jonathan got in that group and I got to attend those meetings with him. And so I got to learn from some of the world's most successful people directly from them. And it was just an incredible, incredible experience. So to kind of wrap that all up, I think the huge three big takeaways for most people in this story is one, I learned the power of what one connection can truly mean for you. And, you know, it just completely transformed my life sending one email. That's why I want to talk about the magic connection methods so that your audience can borrow that process to get the connections that they need to take their life to the next level. So that was, that was the number one takeaway. And then the second takeaway that I had from this whole experience was working with some of the world's most successful people and kind of networking with them, I realized that there are so many people that are financially successful, but they're kind of miserable on the inside. And I don't know about what the point of is of being financially successful and miserable. So I also created a group called Seven Figure Millennials, where it was inspired by the quote by Jim Rohn, become a millionaire, not for the million dollars, but for what it will make of you to achieve it. So it's a group of entrepreneurs, millennials that are pursuing big financial goals while making the commitment to prioritize their health, happiness, and relationships. And so I'm on a mission right now to change the global conversation about what success means for an entire generation of entrepreneurs, because yeah, I think it needs all those components to be considered success. So David, you can take that apart, pick it apart wherever you want to go from there and we can dive right in. Wow. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot there. That's really interesting. I've heard of Genius Network, the Joe Polish group, right? Which is amazing. And so you met Jonathan. And so tell us about, you know, your process, because I think a lot of people are, they're looking for that mentor. They're looking for some direction. And, you know, what was the process of going through finding someone and then being able to, you know, enter that inner circle? Yeah, great question. So I think you want to talk specifically from the mentorship perspective, or also from the broader like connection perspective, because I can go either way. And it's the formula is the same, but there's a little bit of uh, nuances that go into it, depending on which way you want to go. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, what was your process in back then as you were putting it? And then how did that you know, relate into developing the magic connection. Yeah. The first email I ever sent to Jonathan wasn't as polished as the process is now that I want to show, show everyone, but lots went into this process. And so I want to give credit to everybody that, that helped me get to this point. I mean, one was working with Jonathan. And I, when I say I've sent millions of emails, I've literally sent millions of emails because you know, I was running his marketing with over 100,000 people. And it doesn't take that much to send millions of emails if you have 100,000 at a time. <laughs> so I got to really learn, learn what worked, learn incredible things from people like Noah Kagan, Brian Harris, all the copywriting legends I've studied. But the process that I teach and you know, the first email I sent to Jonathan, it was a basic version of this, but this is the refined version. So the magic connection method is three step, it's a three-step process. The first part is what I call the hook. The second part is what I call the irresistible offer. And then the last part is the no-oriented question. And the whole goal of this entire message is just to get people to respond. So David, I don't know, but I know you're the pro here. So maybe you can comment on this, but I find personally that people try to accomplish way too much with the first outreach. They'll try to book a call. They'll send you to a website and people almost get a little bit too confused as like what they should be doing. Right? So what I found after lots of testing is that the number one goal of this whole first outreach is literally just to get them to lean in. 
to show that, oh my gosh, this is really interesting. I want to hear more about it. And then you can continue to develop the relationship after they've responded instead of kind of bombarding them with a whole bunch of different options. So the first part of the method is called the hook. And the number one mistake that I see people make when they start writing an email or, and this doesn't have to be specifically an email, this could be any form of written communication, is that people make the first line 100% about them, right? So like, it's, it's kind of our gut reaction to write an email and be like, hi, my name is Brandon Fong and I've done blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and at that point, it's like, unfortunately, they don't really care at this point. You know, you, don't, you haven't given them a reason to care. And so the first part of the message that I always send is I want to show that I genuinely took the time to research them, get to know what they're about and show that like, I'm not just copying and pasting a template because there's so many templates that are flinging around these days and you can clearly smell them out. So how can we be different? So usually in that first part, I'll mention, they can see who it's from. They can see my name. So I don't even say, hi, my name is Brandon, but I specifically start by talking about by, you know, if I followed their advice, if I was listening to an incredible podcast like this, like, did I get results from their advice? Do I have a mutual connection with them? you know, where did I hear about them? Did I find something impressive about their bio or something? Or they work at a cool company. And that's usually the first part of the hook. It's just one to three sentences max showing that hundred percent, I took the time to pay attention and care about what they're working on. So that's the first part. Any comments? I don't want to just sit here talking to any, any interjections there, David, first. <laughs> no, I'm liking it. And you know, the research that you do, you know, that takes a little bit of time, but instead of just blasting out a bunch of generic emails. Instead, you're spending a little bit of research going through getting some information so that you can show that you care. Yeah. Super, super important. Okay. Yeah. So after the, the first part, so now at this point, they're interested because you made it about them. So like, okay, now I'll keep listening. So the next step is where we start transitioning into some, the part that I call the irresistible offer. So it's like the hook. And then besides wanting to share that with you, David, I do have a quick question for you. And then it transitions into the, the irresistible offer. And the thing that I want to make as a distinguisher is the term irresistible offer is used a lot in the marketing world, in the sales world or whatever it is. But I think there's a huge difference. And this is something I'm getting clear and clear on every single day is that there's a big difference between an offer and an irresistible offer. And so the example I kind of give is like, if you were traveling in the Sahara desert and you found this guy that was just like, like withering away, you know, beat, getting beaten by the sun, you don't, have to write a sales page or close him on handing him a bottle of water, right? Like you don't even have to like exchange any words. So you could just kind of set it on the ground. (laughs) You know, that's an irresistible offer. So that's the kind of the point that we're wanting to get to with these messages. It's like, wow, there's, and the several keys to the irresistible offer is minimizing the risk for them. And that could be time or money risk, positioning it so they have a lot to gain, and then also making it super easy for them to say yes. So as an example, you know, going back to your question initially, David, was what was that first email like to Jonathan or how did I get connected with him? So I ended up doing a whole bunch of research on his site. I was a huge fan of his podcast and I came up with a whole bunch of ways that I could help him add more revenue to his business, you know, optimize his marketing efforts. And I sent him that list. I asked him permission to send that list. And I said, I want to do this hundred percent for free. And if you don't want to I said, if you don't like my work after a few weeks, no harm, no foul, literally not going to be offended at all. But if you do like it, then maybe we can have a conversation about what it would like to be to move forward. So that was like the first irresistible offer I ever ever created. I made it very, very easy for him to say yes. I even gave him permission to say that if it didn't work out, that I was okay with just parting ways. And I showed him lots of the ways that I could help add a lot of value to him. So some examples for the people listening to this right now 
are, you know, can you solve a problem that someone has with, with your product or service that you create in some other way? Can you help them gain more exposure? Can you help them make more money? Can you make their lives easier? You know, those are the kind of things that we're talking about in the irresistible offer. So up until this point, you know, we've started with the hook. We showed that we cared about them. And now we've started to introduce this thing that seems incredibly valuable to them. And so now how do we close it up? And so the last part is what I call the no oriented question. And remember from the very beginning, I talked about the goal is to get them to respond. And where I think lots of people drop the ball is like, even if they do this kind of stuff is they make it too intimidating, like sending links to book or asking for a call or sending over links. And maybe there's a time and place for that. There probably is. But from my experience, it's like, it's just like dating, right? Like you, you wouldn't meet someone in a coffee shop and ask them to marry you right away, right? Like you have to take some small steps to get to that point. So at this point, we just wanted to get them to respond. So after we have the hook, the irresistible offer, the last part is the no oriented question. And I learned this from Chris Voss, who wrote the book, Never Split the Difference. David, have you, have you ever read that book before yes. or heard of it? Yes. That Incredible. Is highly recommended. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorites. And for those of you that are listening right now and don't know the book or who Chris Voss is, he was an ex FBI hostage negotiator. In other words, he was the dude that gets called when there's some lunatic in the bottom of a bank basement with millions of dollars and has bombs rigged up to blow up the whole building with a whole bunch of hostages. Like, what do you say? What do you say on the phone to make that person not do that? Right? So he distilled his knowledge into this book called Never Split the Difference. And one of my favorite takeaways from that book is his concept called the no-oriented question. And the way I always like to explain it is that every single day, we have like a finite amount of yeses that we can give to someone, right? It's like every time you say yes, that means you're giving away your time. It means you're giving away your energy. It means you're giving away your effort, your money, something, right? And so inherently, we're kind of careful about the amount of yeses that we can give. But if you take the exact opposite of that, it's a lot easier to say no because it feels more secure and a lot more protected. And there's nothing wrong with asking a yes-oriented question, but I've just found no-oriented questions to be a lot more impactful based on what my, I learned from Chris. So an example of a no-oriented question would be like, would it be a bad idea if, or would it be ridiculous if, or you know, like if I'm following up with somebody, would you be offended if I followed up with you in, in three months from now? You know, so now instead of pushing and saying, you know, let me shove this down your throat, it's like, would it be a bad idea if I sent you some more information on this? It kind of puts the ball in their court. And it feels less like you're pushing something on someone and more about getting them to lean in and be curious about it. And so after you ask the oriented question, that's it. You don't put anything else, you don't say anything else, you end with the question because when somebody's skimming a message, they're just really quickly seeing if it fit what they're looking for. And if they see it, it ends in a question, they know that there's a response that they have to have. And so the only thing standing in between them getting the irresistible offer that you created and, you know, next steps to actually get that is for them to literally send a three word or a few words back to you. And it's just like, no, that's not a bad idea. Why don't you send me some more information? You know, it's super easy for them to get started. So that's a super high level overview of the magic connection method. I can go into some examples or if you have any clarifications, but, but that's the bread and butter of this three-part process that I teach called the magic connection method. Got it. And I, I love the fact that they can write back with like three words, like, <laughs> yes, right. no, you know, that makes it so much easier for them. You know, it's, it's so clear. Question, how do you, if you're sitting there and you're like, I work for this corporate company I don't have any pull, you know, to make an irresistible offer. I, I got to like just sell what they gave me. Like for me, I could make up an irresistible offer because we're a small company. It's really easy. We just spend something up. But if someone's like working for a corporation, can they make an irresistible offer or do they have to go talk to their boss and the marketing department and all these other people? Yeah, a great question. I think there's lots of 
creativity if you have confinements. I think the greatest creativity happens when you have like a box that you have to play in. So that's a really you know, good point. Yeah. It, yep. it, Go if ahead. you're if you're confined within that box and you're selling a certain thing, I think the part of the irresistible offer that you have to focus on, and what I think lots of people lose sight of, is at the end of the day, nobody is buying a product. Nobody is buying a service. They're not buying that. What they're buying is a result. So it's more about the languaging of the irresistible offer. I mean, chances are, if you're working for a company that you love, they have a great product. They're doing something that you love. That's why you're working with the company, right? So like there's, even if you have just the offer that they've created for you or whatever it is, if you can speak more to the results that this person is getting and make it 100% more about the result they can get when they move forward, that's really where the magic comes in of creating these irresistible offers. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So the first things first is, you have to know your audience of who you're trying to appeal to, right? So if you're yes. an SDR or a sales rep and you're putting this program together, you have to know like the main issues of the people that you're reaching out to because you want the irresistible offer to be something about the pain points that they're having and being able to help them. Yes, 100%. And the most important part, I think too, is, and I learned this from like applying for scholarships back in college. And so I've kind of kept this lens on, but it's like, whenever I'm writing something, I'm a copywriter, whenever I'm writing an email or something, I'm, I'm always trying to look at it from the perspective of the person that will be receiving my content. And I think lots of us, like we spend too much time thinking about being the person writing the email and less about what it would feel like to receive this message. So the more that you can step into their perspective of what their goals are, what they're looking to accomplish, what would make them look good or feel good, that's really where you're trying to craft this irresistible offer from is from that perspective. So that's something that has always helped me to think about how to craft it in a way that makes it more compelling. That's a really interesting point because if you're kind of a newer salesperson, especially in the B2B space, like you just became an SDR, and your job is to set up meetings, you know, with people that have like 20 years experience, you know, in the industry. And you're just like, okay, I just started here like a couple months ago and I got, to, you know, a couple days of training, but now they expect me to do this. How would you suggest, and I know this is a little bit off topic, but how do you suggest, you know, finding those pain points and talking to those people if you're trying to bridge that gap you know, of knowledge about what they go through on a daily basis, you know, with your irresistible offer that you're trying to make? Yeah, great, great question. So I, I have a process for this as well. <laughs> okay, nice. And this is a new, I'm learning how to articulate this because I'm kind of just testing this out for myself. But the formula is very similar to something that people are familiar with. And it stands, it's E equals MC cubed, not e equals MC squared, E equals MC cubed. And so E stands for exponential growth. But the three C's or the M is magic. So I have the magic connection method, right? So I have the magic clarity method, the magic connection method, and the magic conversion method. So those are the three C's, clarity, connection, and conversion. So at the beginning, when you create your first email or first message, that is your best guess. That's the highest amount of clarity that you have that you think is going to compel them to move forward. And at a, at a, after a certain point, you're not, you just don't know. I mean, the answer always, in my opinion, for sales and marketing, it's like, you just got to test. Like, even if you ask the greatest marketers in the world, they're like, I don't know, it's going to work. Like, you just got to ask the market, right? So the very beginning is you just create as much clarity as you possibly can as to what you think would be compelling for them. And there's a quote by Dean Jackson, a compelling offer is 10 times more powerful than a convincing argument. And so like, that's the, you know, your highest clarity of what your, your, your message is. The second part is connection. So now you use the magic connection method and you reach out to them 
And depending on the people listening to this, maybe you're having a conversation, maybe you're not, if you're just part of the outreach perspective. But I think it's really important to start to have conversations with people from a sales perspective, because it's like, until you have a dialogue with somebody, you don't know what their pain points are. And there's so much that you can learn from listening to the way that they articulate their problems. That's like something that is critical when you're writing copy. It's like, you have to state things from the perspective of the person. It kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier, but like, what are the words that they're using to explain their pain points? And so clarity, connection, and then once you have the conversation, did they convert or did they not convert? And so that's, that's the one, two, three process, one, two, three. But then once you've done the connection and the conversion, now you have higher levels of clarity, right? So you can go back to the beginning and refine your process. So it's not going to be perfect to begin with. It will never be perfect. But the more you can go through this cycle of clarity, connection, and conversion, the tighter and more impactful your offer and your messaging is going to get. And, you know, just one thought on this, like I was having a conversation with someone the other day and I'm constantly learning about what how people are phrasing their problems. And this person was talking about not liking their job and like not being very passionate about it and stuff like that. And he's like, I want my family to be proud of what I do. And like, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh my gosh, like that's incredible copy. Like that's how he, so not only does he want to be passionate about it, but he wants his family to be proud of what he does. And so think about how much more compelling that is, or at least for this person, this context I was talking about is like, that's so much more compelling than anything else because it ties into so much more than just him. Like it's his perception, it's his image. So it was kind of a long way of explaining it. But I think to answer your question succinctly, you're never going to get it right the first time. The more you can have clarity, connection, and conversion, the more you can go through that process, the clearer you're going to get and the stronger your outreach is going to be. I love that. Okay, so that's your homework, you know, everybody. Right. To be able to get into their heads. And it's hard when you're disconnected. You're sitting at home now, you know, and working remotely and you're not out there like actually talking to them. So how do you, how do you get in their head? How do you get their vocabulary? And even now, you know, in a lot of B2B companies, there's call recordings, there's, yes. you know, ways that you can study that. If you really want to become a student of the people that are out there, you can study that, right? And you can get that vocabulary so you can make that irresistible offer. Question for you is, how do you run that experimentation process? You know, if you're, like, say you're starting from zero right now and you want to, you want to, like, A, B test some messaging yourself and see what's working and what's not, what's a good way to kind of run that experimentation process on your own, you know, without having to rely on somebody else? Yeah. Great question. So it depends on how complex of an answer you want me to give. <laughs> okay. There's different softwares. I use something called Lendless that I use for my cold email outreach. And like I, I'm seeing 90% open rates with 60% response rates with the magic connection method. And so I'm constantly testing Jeez, different headlines and different offers. And so I'm using... I'm constantly refining. So like, hopefully this gets to where you, you want to go. But like the first thing that I will look at is, you know, what's going to be the most impactful. If I had a crappy open rate, the first thing I'm going to test is not going to be the offer. It's going to be testing the subject line, right? Because it's like, if they're not opening it, it doesn't matter. So, you know, if I do clarity connection conversion and I send out my first few messages and nobody's even opening the darn thing, one, it could be a deliverability problem, but that's a whole separate conversation. But the first thing I'll yeah. check is like, okay, let me test the subject line. And then it's like, I'll run a few variations of that. And once I get the subject line to where I want to go, now it's like, okay, let me keep the subject line. I have a subject line that, that's getting 90% open. Like there's no point in trying to get that extra 10%. Like I'm fine. So I'll stick with the subject line, but now let me massage the irresistible offer part of it. Right. So like I had a one that I ran re more recently where it was like, I put a whole bunch 
more, I tried to make it as irresistible as possible. I had like all these different bullet points. I'm like, oh, this is going to be incredible, but it's a perfect example of you never know. The market's always just going to tell you. And I found out that the message that was more succinct <laughs> and less, you know, less fancy stuff, actually that one beat out the one that I thought was going to be the clear winner with all the extra bells and whistles. So I mean, it's constant observation and optimization, but to answer your question, the first thing I'm looking for is I'm always looking to test the biggest possible wins. So I would start with the subject line and then I would start with the offer and you can do the same thing with sales calls, right? So like, how did you do the intro? How did you do the close? Like the more you can isolate the variables and have more learning cycles, the quicker you're going to get to optimize and get to an ideal outcome. Got it. Okay. And then if you're in a situation where you're trying a bunch of stuff, nothing's really working. Is it just, you got to just keep experimenting over and over again? Or how do you get help? I mean, what should you do if like, it's just not working? Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds complex. Hopefully I can make it a lot simpler. And like, I have recently been learning a lot from this incredible entrepreneur. His name is Dan Cashel. He's built and sold a $20 million a year coaching business. And he helps, he's helped plenty of companies scale to hundred million. I think he's just a ninja. And one of the things that he says is whenever he's working on a new venture, whenever he's consulting with somebody else, there's like two things that he starts looking for to help turn things around. And he says, it's usually no matter what level you're at, it's one of these two things. And the first is the messaging. And the second is the offer. It's like one of those two things is messed up the way the messaging is or the way the offer is. And so those are the biggest things that I would, I mean, if it's not working, it's going to be one of those two things. And so you're going to win eventually if you keep going through clarity, connection, and conversion. Sometimes you just got to stick with it. And I think the more often you do it, the quicker you can get it to a point where you're going to win. So it's like, I can write a magic connection method email and, you know, with decently high confidence, you know, know that I'm going to get a good response because I've tested so many different things. But sometimes you just kind of got to stick through it. So that's kind of the unfortunate part of the answer is that, you know, this is a skill set that you're developing. And just like a baby looking to walk for the first time, like it's not probably going to be the prettiest thing when you get started. But the more you can dedicate yourself to this craft, the more incredible your results are going to be. Yeah, I think that's always the bad news. At these days yeah, right. Like, like everyone's online looking for that silver bullet. There's almost like a silver bullet industry now on Instagram. Yeah, you know, it's right. like, just click here and give us, you know, $19.99 and you, you'll be trim, fit, rich, happy, you know, with the click of a button. And I think what gets lost in the mix a lot is exactly what you're talking about. Like someone like you doesn't go from, you know, where you started to where you are now without a ton of hard work, late nights, sacrifice. I mean, you know, it doesn't sound fun, but I mean, that's what kind of separates successful people at the end of the day, it seems. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, dude, this is awesome, man. So one last question on the methodology, the no oriented question. Give me some examples of that. So now, you know, you've done your hook, they click the email, you got the email to them somehow, they opened it up, you got some kind of response irresistible offer. Now they're like, wait a minute, that does sound interesting. What's the no oriented question look like? Yeah. So some examples of what was started and somebody sent me, I gave this training the other day and somebody sent me a no oriented question. I'm like, ah, that's not a good one. Like, so I guess there are some confinements here, but like ones that I've tested is like, would it be a bad idea if, so like that pairs really well if in part of your irresistible offer is like, you know, David, I put together a Google doc with three custom solutions for you to get XYZ or whatever, you know, just kind of speaking up the top of my head. Would it be a bad idea if I send that Google doc for you to check out? So like, that's an example, or would it be ridiculous if, 
I blah, blah, blah. So those are like two things you can start with. And one I always use for following up. Like if somebody says it's not a good time right now and like, they'll just kind of put that there. I'll say, would you be offended if I followed up in a few months from now? And the example that Chris Voss actually gives inside of the book is he gives those examples, but the one that he uses that he says just absolutely crushes it is if somebody's not responding to your emails, this is a no oriented question. And it's just, have you given up on this project? Question mark. And like, you know, the first reaction somebody's going to have is like, no, I haven't given up. Like, you know, they've been ignoring you, but now you send something like that. And so that's, that's a no oriented question. Or another one I've used in the past is if I'm not getting a response, it's like, are you not the right person to talk about X? You know, cause like that, that could very well be the problem is that you're reaching out to the wrong person and they've been just kind of ignoring you cause it's not in their wheelhouse. But if I ask you, you know, David, are you not the right person to talk about blah, 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 blah. You know, now it's a no oriented question. You're like, no, I am the right person or you're right. Actually, I'm not the right person, but let me introduce you to someone else. So hopefully that gives a little bit more context about what you can do with the no oriented question. That is super helpful. Okay. So, wow, we definitely have a lot of homework to do. And then, <laughs> so yeah, your website is awesome to dig in on this and potentially work with you. What else is coming up? Tell me about the book that's coming out, the seven figure millennial program. I mean, you got a lot going on. Yeah. So I have a podcast coming out very, very soon. And so I don't know okay. when this is going to be aired, but I am, I'm super excited. And it's, it's, it's the seven figure millennials podcast. And it kind of goes back to my other core message, which is, you know, backed by the Jim Rohn quote, become a millionaire, not for the million dollars, but for what it will make of you to achieve it. And it's like, like I said, I've seen people and you've heard of people. We've all heard of people that seem like they have everything, but they're miserable, you know? And I just think it's kind of backward, backwards in our society that we say, oh, they're so successful. But what does that typically mean, right? It means that they have a fancy pants job. It means they have money in the bank account and, you know, they have all the big boy toys or whatever, whatever it is, right? But that like, that's not to me, prioritizing your happiness, health, and relationships, plus being financially successful is really, really the goal. And so I don't think you can really be considered successful if you just hate your life because of the business or the job that you created that brings you all this money. So that's the mission behind Seven Figure Millennials is to change the global conversation around what success means for an entire generation of entrepreneurs. And so, like I said, it's an entire group of people. It's a community I created. I got a Facebook group of people that are pursuing big financial goals with the understanding that you need to prioritize your health, happiness, and relationships. And so the podcast is sharing not only strategies like the Magic Connection Method and bringing on guests that have valuable business insights, but also bringing on people that have been able to do this while learning other important things, you know, the balance and spending time with your family and doing the things that are really important. And so I kind of went, that's the seven figure millennials group. So I think that's hopefully clarifies what you were asking about. (laughs) Oh yeah, dude, that's super exciting. I mean, I I think that you know, in our society, people are striving for financial, you know, rewards. And then they achieve that or some level of success, you know, in their career financially, but there's several areas of their lives that are just in shambles, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because there's two examples that I think of. One is there's a great book by Walter Isaacson on Steve Jobs. And it's worth every minute. I mean, the thing is like six inches thick, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's so great. And there's another one, I can't remember who wrote it, but it's about Jerry Garcia. It's a complete opposite, you know, end of the spectrum. But they were amazing in one sliver of their life. I mean, they were amazing. Steve Jobs, the most amazing entrepreneur. Jerry Garcia, the most amazing musician. But the rest of their, the rest of the life was a shambles. I mean, yeah. it was just a complete mess. 
And, you know, it's an interesting thought because it's like in order to raise to that level, do you have to have the rest of your life in shambles? Or can you have a good balance of I'm comfortable financially, I'm doing what I like my career and I'm not, you know, 30 pounds overweight and my kids hate me, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So that's kind of what you're trying to tackle, it seems. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think it helps too, when you have a community of people that are surrounding you that, that understand that. Just because I think, especially in today's world, it's like social media is so polarizing. And it's like, we see these fake lives online of people supposedly being happy, but like, you know, they're just posting their highlight reel and stuff like that. And so I just kind of want to demask that. Like, when, you know, I'm not perfect. Like I don't have, there are times when I could, could be doing better, but like, that's the idea about the whole community. It's like, you know, you're not going to be perfect all the time, but let's have a community that's going to support you to make sure that we're sharing similar ideals and that we're being in check, right? And keeping each other accountable for making sure that we're prioritizing the important things. I love that. That is so important. That's a great, great mission. I mean, it's, it's funny because you mentioned social media and it's such a double-edged sword because I, I get so much value from social media. I learn so much. There's so much cool stuff going on. Just it's like a world encyclopedia, you know, right at your fingertips. But the dark side, and I mean, everybody knows the dark side, but it's like it, there's so much fakeness. There's so much like, you know, people posing and stuff like that that kind of makes you feel like you're not doing a good job, you know, on so many levels in your life because there's so everybody else is so much happier, right? So it's like, how do you balance? you know, the good with the bad on social media, right? So yeah, 100%. Yeah, Yeah, it's so interesting. Okay, so what is your website? And then when is the book coming out so that we can dive into this topic? Yeah, so I don't have another book coming out. But the magic connection method is at magicconnectionmethod.com. And I apologize, David, I didn't ask you this ahead of time. But is it okay if I give a gift to your listeners? Oh, of course. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to find out more general information about me, you can go to brandon-fong.com. Some other Brandon Fong is sitting on my domain name. So unfortunately, I have to have the hype in there. So brandon-fong.com. And that's where you can find out a lot about what I'm working on. But specifically for the sales development podcast, the incredible audience that's listening to our voices right now, I created a little bit of a bonus. I want to go above and beyond. So if you liked the Magic Connection Method training, I was asking myself, like, what would be the most valuable thing that I could possibly give to your listener? And then I thought to myself, well, how cool would it be if I actually just wrote the emails for them? Do you think that'd be cool? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I created some templates that you can literally copy and paste. And I do sell this currently. I'm not joking. I know some people, marketers will say 997 value or whatever. Like I'm selling this for $97, but I want to give this to people that are listening to this right now. So this is a short link that I have. So my name is Brandon Fong. And so the short link I created is bfo.ng slash 10 bound. So that's bfo.ng slash 10 bound. And if you go there, I'm going to give you the magic connection method training along with the templates that you can copy and paste. I'll show you more information on how to get involved with the seven figures millennials, the seven figure millennials community, the podcast and all that good stuff. So again, that's bfo.ng slash 10 bound. Dude, that is sweet, man. We will throw that in the show notes. Brandon, this has been amazing. I mean, I, I got a ton of homework I got to go do now, but I'm going to go over to bfo.ng forward slash 10 bound and get cracking on this. Thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your knowledge and being a friend of the podcast. Yeah, of course. I'm super excited to see everybody that's doing this stuff on there. So if, if you go to my site, I think there should be some way to contact me on my site. So I'd more than, I love give, receiving emails of people implementing this kind of stuff. So you can send, send me an email on the contact information that's on my site, or I'll, maybe I'll even put it on the link there for you guys as well. That's perfect. 
Brendan, thank you so much. And we'll get you on the show again soon with some success stories from people using this formula. (laughs) Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks so much, David. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.